Hello and welcome to the Spill Sesh episode 44. It is your host, Sejal, with you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, this night, whenever you're listening. Today's episode, I have invited two very special guests. It is Jasmine and Steph with us here on the podcast. Jasmine is the owner and founder of Sugared, the first sugaring service to launch in Singapore back in like 2012. And her general manager, Steffi, who joined her in 2016 and they have been killing the business since. I had such a wonderful time talking to the both of them. We talked all about her business entering the market and also their Instagram page, which is a separate entity from their business called the V-Spot SG. Definitely check them out on Instagram. It talks about sexual wellness and sexual health of females and how important it is and how stigmatized it is. And we just go into a deep dive in all sorts of topics. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Spill Sesh with Sage. I'm here with two wonderful women. We have Jasmine and Steph. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? Hi. Jasmine, why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, I'm Jasmine. I'm the founder of Sugar. Um, I started working from home and I had um, taken clients from home. And, you know, um, after expanding to a brick and mortar in 2016, I have four shops in Singapore. Yep, And the rest is history. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about it. And Steph, you've been working with Jasmine since how long ago? Okay, so I'm uh, I'm a general manager at Sugared, and I started with Jasmine when we opened our first brick and mortar in May 2016, and uh, it's been an adventure since then. Wow, that's like almost five years. You guys have been working together for so long. Yeah, we've known each other a long time too. We started as friends a, a bunch of years ago, and I had always been in touch, and then Jasmine had been working from home, uh, sugaring, and at one stage she got so popular she couldn't like cope with demand anymore and realized that it was time to migrate into a, a brick and mortar. So uh, what? how did you guys know each other from before? You said you were friends? Yeah, so we met through Jasmine's uh, ex-husband, um, who, well, whom I went to school with. So I met him when I was 12. I think I met Jasmine when I was 17 or 18. I don't necessarily care to say how long ago that was it's, right now. I, I think it's almost... I'd like to say five years. It's like almost half... Half, half my life <laughs> that I've known Steph and thank, thank God we, 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 we work well together and you know we, we still go out together we, we, we bitch about each other but at the end of the day you know we, we still love each other very much or not <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing very yeah. fusional very fusional relationship um, no holds barred and that's probably why we've been able to make it um, this far and this long despite having you know two simultaneous relationships yeah, so where do you draw the line between like friendship and a professional relationship? Not not the easiest thing to do because whenever we socialize, if something pops up on WhatsApp or like that, something that's going on in the studio, we have pretty big issues like chucking that aside and not talking about it um, for the evening. But I have to say Circuit Breaker last year was a good time and it was a very good experience for us because it sort of like taught us to separate our discussions we check in with each other on you know friendship level to make sure both sides were doing okay and then because our work time together was more limited we were able to concentrate you know per- like professional interactions a lot better than we I mean we before. always we always try but our like, best to um, be professional and at work and you know right outside normally you know we're, we're such good friends but you know we talk about other things other than work you know we we, 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 we gossip, we know like girls do, we, we talk about anything under the sun, we, we exercise together, you know, we, we, we just try and, you know, 
make it work. There are good days, there are bad days, I must say. But but most importantly yeah. is that we're honest with each other and the communication is there and you know if we have something to say, you know, we trash it out. We don't keep it inside. I think that's great because I mean you guys have been working for five years, so I'm sure you must have got a nail down yeah, already. Yeah, like, I think after five years, I think that we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jasmine, I read you. T- okay, you mentioned earlier that you started off sugaring back in 2012. Was it that yes. you started at home? Yes, or was it I even mean, before that? I started that? at home, so I actually discovered sugaring while I was living in the US. I lived in the US for about three and a half years. Um, back then, I, I, um, mm-hmm. my ex-husband was posted to the US for work, um, Seattle. So I, I went with him and, you know, I, I couldn't work. So I was constantly, you know, like doing courses, looking for things. And yeah. as an avid um, waxer, it means I, I, I go for waxing services. So I actually discovered sugaring um, while looking at a Groupon. You know, Groupon used to be very... I don't know whether you know Groupon used to be really really <laughs> yeah, popular yeah, for sure. so I saw this um, sugaring you know like uh, it's hair removal it's a Brazilian you know so I was looking to get the service done and I bought a Groupon it was like 20 over bucks and little did I know that would be the best experience I ever had for like hair removal so I <laughs> oh I, my I, god yeah I'm an avid waxer too so I have not tried you sugaring should. myself I mean, it's, um, yeah. you're going to <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you I'm have to now. Up. I will see you at Sugar yeah, so, Day. So I mean, I I just <laughs> no, uh, but- stumbled upon it. You know, of course, I, I went for the service. I wasn't gonna waste my coupon, <laughs> and um, that was one of the most painless, um, Brazilian that I ever had. I mean, my pain tolerance is is I I would say is um quite high, but that whole experience was I I felt like it was more gentle to the skin. You know, it's so much better, and I've never heard of it, and that's why it mm-hmm. intrigued me. Yeah, no, I mean, Brazilian waxing, any way to begin with, is extremely painful and extremely scary. So I think this is something that is very... Because like, I have a lot of friends, like, the the main thing that scares them from Brazilian is the pain. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it is painful like, when you wax it for yeah, the first time. Yeah, I mean, time, every, yeah, every no kind joke. of hair removal is painful. You're, you're, you're extracting hair from the roots. So yeah. you must expect some sort of pain, you know. No, 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 no pain, no gain, and, like, it's, it's beauty. Yeah. For sure. Sh- oh, for sure. But see, now that that's sugaring, so like when you entered the market in Singapore, you guys were the first one to do it, right? Yes. Um, I actually had a failed business um, partnership back in 2012. So because of that, I actually started from home. So that's how it all started. Um, I guess the next question you're going to ask me is how, how did I start it from home, right? Um, so I yeah. actually had, um, of course, started with friends. And I will always say started with five friends and it, it multiplied to, you know, like a... a hundred times become like um, so many people knew about sugaring and then I started to not being able to cope with the demand that's that's when I approached Steph to help me yeah so 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 I think it took about about three three and a half almost four years before before I actually opened my first brick and mortar so you, you can say it was, it was three three years and then you had that feature on um on Surya and then the crap hit the fan and she was just like she was drowning under the demand i remember like when we'd open she was like okay here's a list of mm. you know 120 clients that are on the wait list for services we need to contact Whoa. all of them and, i mean i'm not gonna uh, and that it got that point. It's, a good, it's a good problem to have you know it was a healthy problem that i i couldn't get yes, I definitely couldn't new clients but yeah i mean i i got all the help that i that i can and you know and i think i'm i built a dream team and i'm still building a dream team 
Yeah, so that means actually you pretty much got started through word of mouth before. Because at, at that time, I don't think social media marketing was that big also, right? At 2012, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost 10 it's years really ago. really wow. word of mouth. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Steph, when you joined in 2016, what made you say yes to Jasmine? In all honesty, and join this business? It was, two, it was two factors. One was it was Jasmine and I knew that she had a good head on her shoulders. I knew that we would probably work really well as a duo because she brings things to the table that I don't and vice versa. So we knew that it would be a pretty uh, nicely symbiotic relationship. But what really made me seal the deal was the Brazilian. Like I've been, like you said, you were an avid waxer. I was the queen of Brazilian waxes. I mean, I was living in France for nine years and I would Brazilian wax myself with like hard wax. What? Yeah, super, super, super (laughs) avid waxer. And um, oh and I have hypersensitive hypersensitive skin, but um, I had one Brazilian Ed sugared, and all I could think was, why the hell doesn't every woman know about this? Because I'm hypersensitive to heat, so I've had like patches mm. of my poon burned off before. I've oh, had goodness. I've actually had my well, let's be honest, I've actually had my my, my butt cheeks um, stuck together because of hard wax before. That was not that's not the fault of the salon. That was because I answered the phone while uh, while waxing my crack. So that's <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you. If you do it yourself, how do you do the behind? Like so you hold a mirror. So I would okay. I would straddle the side of a bathtub, put a mirror between my legs, hold one one um butt cheek and then uh and then basically you know apply hard wax to one side of my butt cheek and then um (laughs) this one time like the phone rang so i had the spatula in one hand and with my bare hand i went to reach for my phone and then realized that i had sealed my butt cheeks shut oh Uh, (laughs) i'm gonna be in that situation but yeah no i've I've had a horrible situations uh, uh occur because of waxing but it is like you said we don't BS about the fact that it's it's painful. If you pull one strand of hair on your head, it hurts. So if you're going to remove any kind of hair from the root, there is going to be some level of pain associated. But mm-hmm. of the like of the different methods of waxing that I've tried, um, sugaring is by far the least painful, by far. And I will never yeah. ever wax again. That's one thing I say <laughs> with full full conviction. I'm sure. I think with if you can like. I don't think once you've sealed your butt cheeks together, I don't think anything <laughs> that will ever bring you back. I mean, and let's say with wax, you can't wash it off, you know, with sugar, when you, you, you make a mistake, you have your butt cheeks stick together, you can still wash it because you can sugar dissolves in that's true, water that's dissolves true. sugar. <laughs> yeah, it took half an hour with like, you know, the, 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 the baby oil the- that, and the prime, like primary ingredient is paraffin and liquidin. So it's like a mineral oil that clogs the living daylights out of your pores. It took me like a oh, half gosh. hour to basically like scrape my butt cheeks apart. Not, not the most glamorous, not the most glamorous experience, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm sure, I, I don't doubt you on that. <laughs> so when you guys entered the market at the time was, okay, waxing was definitely a very big thing, but what about like IPL, laser treatment? Was that also still a big thing then? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd still say that it, it like it was and is quite popular. I think it's gained more traction over the last uh, over the last five years than it had before. And also since you know more recently, they're introducing the IPL at home kits that you can do. Yeah. So yeah. that's and you know in all honesty, it is a, another method of uh, of 
permanent hair reduction, hair. which we try to yeah. we try and say not it's not permanent removal because um, as far as we know, the most um, the most effective form of permanent hair removal is going to be electrolysis. But that consists of going into every single hair follicle and like electrocuting your um, your hair one by one. So it's extremely oh painful, very very time consuming. So IPL, I think, is the best bang for buck thing that you can do at home. Um, yeah. But I think now with uh, with the market over the last uh, even over the last five years, people are just looking for more a more organic approach, more natural, something that's not going to harm them, something that's not going to bring up side effects. You know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the line, and especially with uh, with expecting mothers. It's something that's mm -hmm. become very, very popular. Um, we're also super thankful to our, our Muslim community. Um, a lot of our clients uh, are very, very, very um, wonderful, loyal, beautiful clients who come back to us uh, on a monthly basis who try and look for the more natural approach. So that is, yeah. like if you're looking for something more natural, something a little less uh, harsh on the skin, sugaring is definitely where we believe your best, uh, your best results are gonna. I mean, be to found. be honest, we we never really, you know, um, um, think about any any other hair remover as competition. You know, we normally focus on the results that the sh um sugaring, um, you know, you you if you've done sugaring before, you've seen the results, you believe in it, and most of the time, you know, like people come, you know, they of course they want to get their hair removed, but you know, there's so much benefits. Sugaring has so much benefits, so it's more than just hair removal. It's also you know the the whole, um you know, wellness, lifestyle, the whole uh, point of, you know, the experience of sugar where it's more than just hair removal. So I, I think it's it's not about, you know, whether or not IPL, I mean, every hair removal method has its pros and cons, even sugaring. I mean, it might not be yeah. suitable for you, it might be suitable to someone else. So, I mean, to us, it's just, um, you know, everyone makes a choice if they want to do something, um, you know, use, use put something on the skin that's, that's all natural, put something like wax on the skin, or even use a, a machine to to remove their hair. So it's all preference, I would say. Even pain preference, you know, skin, mm -hmm. skin type, uh, hair density is all preference. Yeah, so like for me personally, like I mentioned earlier, I have never done sugaring, but I don't know whether it's because of I'm a creature of old habit or like I'm a bit scared to try something new. So like I've done waxing since I was maybe, I don't even know, maybe 16 and I'm like turning 24 this year. So I've done waxing like, oh, like half my life. And for people like us who are too scared to try something new, why do you think people are so apprehensive to try sugaring? And also how do you get that consumer base to come to you as well? So like you, um, so like you mentioned before, I mean, okay, so two things, um, mm -hmm. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if you have a hair removal method that seems to be working for you and like, there's no real reason to try another form of hair removal, which is why we depend very, very heavily on word of mouth. So right. for the most part, a lot of it, I mean, of course we do some marketing on, I mean, we used to do some Facebook marketing and then we moved to Instagram marketing. So already like one of the one of the marketing methods has become obsolete in the last five years. Like Facebook marketing is no longer it's crazy, it right? So like IG is definitely the way it's gone since then. Mm -hmm. So obviously in terms of visibility, we do put ourselves out there, but above all referrals are probably, you know, I'd say those are our primary, um, that's our primary source of incoming um, new clientele. It's, it really, really is word of mouth. And of course, like we do offer, you know, referrals for existing clients, but for the most part, we only find out afterwards that they've been referred by someone because that wasn't their primary motivation. It's, 
they arrive, they say, okay, my girlfriend said she got a Brazilian here and it was a lot nicer than the last one she'd had through waxing. So they, um, they, they give it a shot. And also, I mean, it's our signature service. So we do add on a mud treatment just to make sure that the experience is a little bit more special and it soothes, mm-hmm. the, soothes the skin. So if you're getting a Brazilian for the first time and my first ever Brazilian, I'm realizing now there's a bit of an age difference. My first ever Brazilian came before hard wax existed. So my first Brazilian was done with strip wax. It took an oh, hour Jesus. and a half. And I think I was swollen for an two days. An hour and a half yeah. just for the Brazilian? Oh no, because of my pain threshold as well. So I, I, I think I was 15 at the time. I was in Australia. And I almost punched the woman who was doing it. And she was really sweet. She brought me a cold compress halfway through. Yeah. But one of the downsides with a cold compress is it causes your pores to shrink and your follicles to shrink. So when the root comes out, it's even more painful. So. I mean, we're a lot more aware of different things, but yeah, so um, if a girlfriend had told me that sugaring existed, I definitely would have gone for, for that method. I mean, it's been, it's been around for, for centuries. I mean, it's, um, it's a hair removal form that, um, that originated in Mesopotamia. So like old Egyptian age, like Cleopatra apparently used to get sugared. So right. um, unfortunately it didn't make its way through the East until, uh, until recently. And Jasmine is one of the reasons why we now mm-hmm. have seen it like flourish in Singapore. And you guys mentioned that, you know, you want to make the experience a bit more special. So like this whole like mud treatment that you have, is this something like Jasmine, when you went to Seattle and you did sugaring for the first time there, is this something that they also did there? Or was it something that you wanted to add on to your own business and make it special for the women um, here? I mean, you can, you know, you can do all kinds of hair removal. And, you know, sometimes people can't even differentiate, you know, sugaring and waxing. Actually, a lot of people can't differentiate sugaring and waxing. So there's a lot of um, education meaning like educate the client about, you know, about the skin, about different hair density, skin type, you know, what's suitable for you, what kind of products are suitable for you. So I think, yes, um, when I first tried sugaring, I didn't, I didn't get any kind of, you know, extra service. I just got my hair removed. But of course, you know, what um, differentiates you from the rest, you know, everybody provides that service, right? Um, the results is clean, um, you know, hairless, clean, but what does it do further for your skin? Does it um, help to prevent ingrowth? Does it clear out any kind of congested follicles? You know, these are the, the things that we do at Sugar. We, we access your skin and then we also advise you on products to use. And that's why we offer something like a mud treatment and it's very good for first timers because when you do um, sugaring for the first time or if you do a Brazilian from the f- for the first time, your skin's going to be more sensitive. It's like you're plucking, you, you know, you're plucking a, a, a deeply rooted tree um, from the soil, but now you, you're removing deeply rooted hair from your follicle, from the, from, from the pores. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be more painful. It's going to, it's going to come out and it's going to make your skin, you know, a little bit more, um, painful and a little bit more it's it's that's why the mud is there to 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 calm the skin is to after care you know it's that's why we emphasize a lot on after care so but after care is commitment you know the clients have to follow through with after care you know the clients have to follow through with their homework because it's just that you go for a facial you don't go for one session and your skin you know miraculously um become you know nice and flawless but the same thing with hair removal you also have to put in the work put in the commitment so that you get good skin so you know i think the the mud treatment was just like a, a a plus a plus service and clients can also add on this service after that and actually most of our clients a lot of our clients like it and some of them actually add on after that yeah i'm sure because i mean 
first of all, when you put heat or anything near such a sensitive area and that you wax, it's gonna hurt without even the strip. Like, it's very uncomfortable with the, the like, not a knife. The spatula. The knife. The spatula, whatever it is. And that is cool. The wax is hot. You're uncomfortable. Someone's like, I don't know. The whole really, and it's really weird. it's really tough because normally like in, in some places if you're lucky enough you'll be at an establishment that asks you if the temperature is okay. Yes, but my there's, my wax needs but there's there's a, it, there's yeah. a two second delay though. Like when it, like your brain needs to receive that information then just <laughs> and then tell you holy mac your poon is burning say something. And there's always like a two second delay and you're like huh? <laughs> like so it happens. I know. It happens. I know. I know. It's, it's but that's what I was it's trying crazy. to say like before with um with sugaring, it's body temperature. So because it's applied mm. by hand, your hand wouldn't be able to take the same temperature. So I mean obviously we're gloved when we uh, when we apply the, the oh, sugar. Wait, so paste. you don't use a like a wooden stick or anything? Like it's no, literally it, so it's hand like molded. Oh. It's hand molded. So it essentially okay, looks like that. a bowl of yeah, honey you that have you're to massaging come try into it. the skin. And it's applied you at body it. it's applied at body temperature. <laughs> And so there's never, ever, ever any risk of burning. I think now I, I think it's fair to say I've had, I don't know, 30 Brazilians and sugared. And I like, of course, the first couple of the, you still sort of freeze up a little bit um, just in preparation. It's an anticipatory freak out before the sugar paste touches your skin, but it's never hot. And that's one thing that really, really, for me, changes the whole pain factor. Yeah, I mean, you guys are really selling it to me. Like, <laughs> I am ready to come. For I can't wait. Until, to I can't wait for you to try it. And you're gonna have to do <laughs> a recording sure. of your voice while you do it. And like, okay, <laughs> they're about to. They're about to kick off. They're about to remove the. the, the, the they're about to remove my. Oh, you know what? Holy mac, it hurt, and, but it wasn't I, that bad. I, 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 I will. I, I <laughs> will really say that I think you'll really love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I think I will too. Okay, I'll see you guys like <laughs> very soon <laughs> to come and try. But, oh, yes, also, I wanted to ask, Jasmine, so you, when you started this business, because, I mean, like Steph and I were talking about before you came on to the call, there's a lot of stigma, un- unnecessary stigma around, you know, Brazilian waxing and anything to do with our lady bits or, I mean, hair removal, really, in general. And especially at the time, yeah. like, almost 10 years ago, did you face any stigma when you launched this business since you were the first one to start this market? I mean, I, I must... Um... You know, thank maybe I mean you of course you know like the biggest player in the market was Strip. Um I guess they actually paved the yeah. way, you know. Um I think when they started it was more of a taboo. That was I think probably early two thousands. But I think by the time I started it was yeah. it was actually already accepted and people were, you know, like, like someone like you started doing you said fourteen fourteen, fifteen? Sixteen, yeah. so like I mean, I started my, I had my first Brazilian only yeah. like at twenty. So you know, for me, that's already. Oh no, no Brazilian! Later. I did much later. I mean, like wax. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. I was a slut, but it wasn't for that. It was just to see what it would be like to have a bear poo. That's all I swear. <laughs> Mine was because I had to wear a bikini on a holiday when I was like nineteen, and I was like, I cannot. <laughs> I have to get. Very fair, very I mean, fair. when I started, yes. I don't think it was it was much of a taboo anymore. Uh, maybe maybe more so, I, I, I would touch on the, the gentleman, the men. <laughs> so I think for a man, it's still yeah. a taboo. And, you know, like, uh, it's associated with, you know, like, um, I, I don't know, men, men's grooming is not is not so common in Singapore, I must say. But I, I must say, we, we, yeah. we hope that this would change and we are here to change this. So... We actually try to um, emphasize a lot more about men's grooming, about, you know, we, we have our service, our men's and, you know, we, we, 
take pride in, you know, also male grooming, not not just female. But of course, the majority of our clients still female. But you know, we we hope we hope that we can change that. Yeah. What is it called? It's called a boy zillion, right? So strip calls it strip calls it boy zillion. We call it man zillion. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, cool. it came from like manscaping, which is one of the terms that our <laughs> our distributors and the and the creators of the technique that we use to sugar they call it manscaping. So like, do we say manscaping mm-hmm. or manzillion? And manzillion just felt a little bit more gentle and approachable. Even though I have to yeah. say, like, I'd say ninety percent of our male clients you know they come by recommendation and it's generally from the part of their wives or their girlfriends who are like you know what? i'm gonna take the power back i grew myself now it's your bloody turn yeah and amen i mean they, should be they, both they always come you know for a reason it could be a day it could be you know like like what steph was saying you know um wife or girlfriend or recommendation they, they rarely come on their own but i, I must I'm, I'm hoping that this would change you know i think this is quite important that men also have to be groomed everywhere and down there (laughs) yeah yeah no for sure and like i'm just imagining like you know even like let's say even simpler things like pedicure manicure guys do get um yeah Mm -hmm. it's 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 pedicures i mean but it's just it's still a very like oh my gosh i have to go with my girlfriend or something actually when i I mean the last two times i went for manicure i actually see a a guy walked in on his own and you know asked asked for that service and i I think that's good (laughs) once in a while i need to get your feet scrubbed but like 100 percent, it's nothing wrong with that but i do understand like you know with toxic masculinity and everything like i get mm. it like i i understand why they must feel that pressure so like at sugared when you get your male clients who come in is there anything that you guys do to like make them feel like you know it's fine relax like we're all good here i mean first and foremost you know we we i mean we we're very neutral and if, if you've been to any of our studios our studios um green is our theme so you know i think green is a very neutral color and you know the the guys don't feel like they're walking into something that is female only. You know, we, we make them feel welcoming. Uh, we make it look like, you know, they're walking into something that it's, you know, male and female friendly. And, you know, even, even um, yeah, we, we, we actually make, make it look like it's very neutral. That's, That's why Yeah, we, we try not to make a big deal yeah. about it so that they, they don't get taken aback. Like, we don't, we, we try not to all... I will admit now, like in certain locations, we do have because we're trying to be more involved forward, just so that women understand their anatomy. Because every man knows where his penis, scrotum, per- perineum, and mm-hmm. anus are. When it comes to women, we don't always uh, we don't always understand. We've got many more parts of our body, so. Um, but for the most part, we try not to make a big deal about it. It's like, okay, well, you're you're no biggie. It's not like, ooh, a man just came into the studio. It is. We try and keep it as normal as possible yeah. and you know sometimes we do need to brief them through um the uh the service itself and teach them to expect the pain that is going to come because women are just so much more accustomed to grooming yes. i mean it started like we start with our legs and then our underarms then we move on to our brazilians before it starts that way for anybody else so for for men it's definitely um like like Jasmine was saying, there's still a little bit of a stigma, but it is getting broken that's down great. Bit by yeah. bit, slowly. I think that's great that you already, like, before you even started, like, you already chose the color to be something a little bit more gender neutral. And, you know, like, that's great that you already were thinking of that, like, steps ago. So I I, I didn't even know that Sugar did, you know, male services as well. And I, I honestly don't know many uh, places that do both male and female services, or maybe it's just mar- not marketed that way. 
So, I mean, I don't know. I Hopefully, maybe after this podcast, you know, you'll have more male people going to, to sugar. Because honestly, I, yeah, I completely agree. Male grooming is just as important as female grooming. And there's really nothing to be ashamed of. But with grooming, definitely, like, male or female, when we talk about hair removal, there's been a lot of talk recently about... Well, not just recently. I think over the past few years about, you know, not shaving and not waxing and loving your body hair and things like that. So before I get into like what I think of it, I want to ask you guys, do you think sugaring or any form of hair removal is going against this movement? Yeah, I would I would definitely say that it's it's a it's a very much um conversation yeah. to be having now because they're saying, okay, well, we know you can remove hair, but does that mean that we should? And we are by no means ever advocating that you know you should be removing your hair or like Jasmine said that one form of hair removal is better than Mm -hmm. another it's just if you do want to remove your hair and you're willing to try sugaring we'll explain to you why we think it's the best method because I mean we definitely do practice what we preach but we also I mean we're not going to crap on any other methods of sugaring of uh, hair removal we also started at some place the first thing I ever did was shave and I'm still not going to bag on Mm -hmm. shaving but for where um, where general hair removal is concerned, we would never advocate for people to remove their hair unnecessarily. It's if you want a bare look, if you want a, if you are looking for permanent hair reduction, this is how you yeah. get there. I mean, we have um, we have you know clients that like doing partial services that will remove hair from certain body parts but let other parts grow. We have clients that would be more than happy to have their under hair like the underarm hair grow but remove their Brazilian hair. It really is whatever works for you, that's the way that you should yeah. go. But we're definitely not advocating for totally bare skin. It's, you know, just like basic grooming, if I were dating someone who wasn't um, comfortable with removing all of his pubic hair, not that that's something that I would expect, but basic grooming is still important just for hygiene and also particularly because in Singapore it is rather humid. It is more comfortable just to have, you know, your affairs in order in your nether regions. It's if I'm being entirely yeah. honest. But I mean, there are not there are ways to there are ways to manage your skin. We also carry like products in studio for people who maintain the presence of their hair. And it's also a lot about skincare. So when Jasmine said we try to do more than just hair removal, like the E D and sugar stands for education. Mm-hmm. And we try to go beyond just removing your hair. It's not performing a service and saying, and saying, you know, be on your way, thank you for coming. It's this is how you're gonna to continue to condition your skin. If you've removed your hair, you're exposing your skin and we think that skin should be beautiful. This is how you achieve yeah. that. But also it, it really is up to you. you. You control what you do and you control the outcome of your skin. So, I mean, we're finally um, in, a, like, in a place and time in our generation where we get to say, you know what, if it works for you, do it. And if it doesn't, you know, screw everybody else. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm always um, for comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, I always have clients asking me, okay, you know, I have hair on my arms. Should I remove it? And I say, you know, does it bother you? Or I say, do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. If it doesn't bother you, you're fine with it, then just leave it. Mm-hmm. I've never asked a client to, oh, you know, you have hair on your arms or you have more hair on your back. You should try removing it. If it doesn't work for the client, let's say the client has sensitive skin, I, I will never, like, for example, removing hair on the face. But f- to me, I feel like some hair on the face is actually necessary. So things like that, you know, 
think about the client, put put yourself in their shoes and see whether is this necessary for them. Okay, if they're doing it for an occasion, fair enough. But if they're just doing it, you know, you know, I feel like I have some hair here and I say if you're not bothered by it, just don't do it. Yeah. You know, that's 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 always my take on whether my client asks me whether should I remove it. You know, I always say do it for yourself. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If someone makes a comment about it or or someone actually made you feel uncomfortable about it, Ask yourself whether, you know, you're okay with it. If you're okay with it, then you don't have to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. I think you literally took the words out of my mouth of how you should be only doing it for you and not anyone else. Because growing up, I was a very, very hairy girl. I'm Indian. Like, I was hairy boys used to make fun of me but you have well, you I have must say you have really brows. nice eyebrows I was going to oh, say <laughs> you should have seen we are so obsessed with your eyebrows yeah. you should have seen what they or what it was it was one brow <laughs> and I'm me too no, but, but I'm pretty sure you have very nice eyelashes as well I have very yeah. straight and short eyelashes and I have extensions because of that <laughs> I mean yeah. you know what yeah you're right it's paying off now but when I was a kid Oh my god, the amount of... Yeah, what was that like growing up with, for you? With Harry, a lot of hair, oh, it was it was bad. Like, um, a lot of my classmates, because they were just so uneducated, like boys especially, you know, they'd be like, why are you so hairy? And I'm like, I don't know, why am I not supposed to be hairy? And you know, at that age, it's so difficult to kind of like determine, you don't know any better, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad I always had my mom who... I, I remember asking her, like, can I go for waxing early? She was like, no, relax. You don't have to do your brows until much later. Like, I wanted to do my brows through secondary school because people would make fun of it. And she was like, no, you don't need to. You're fine. And she only let me do it before my graduate, before my prom in secondary school. And I'm so glad she did because then for 16 years, I was comfortable enough with my unibrow that I was like, it didn't affect me because I thought that was normal. And once I ch- did it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway, That's what they're supposed yeah, to look like. Your brows are beautiful. Your brows are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, you have, a, you have thick hair, you know. Yeah. You have, I'm pretty sure, like I said, you have long eyelashes, so... That that's 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 all good in having you know like yeah it's 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 a stunning <laughs> it's a stunning combination thank you um, I, yeah I guess but I mean we we have sorry sorry just like mm-hmm. a quick tiny little snippet I I do like want to spend just thirty seconds on it because we have had clients come in with their daughters and in a couple of cases we've had clients come in with their Indian daughters and one of my best friends is Indian and she is um she went through electrolysis starting from the age of eleven upwards. And it was a horrible experience for her. She had electrolysis on almost her entire body and basically said like it was absolutely horrendous, super, super painful. And again, it was just it was adapting to a stereotype that seemed acceptable at the time. So be, so being able to go against the grain like your mother did, like pushing you to just tahan and keep on going forward. You're like your unibrow is beautiful. <laughs> so embrace it. I mean, Frida Kahlo paved the way for Truly. so many of us. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> Um, but that that it's it's it should really be embraced more. And of course, like puberty is different, and it it is different from for everybody. And you have absolutely no idea, you know, how your body is going to turn out. So it's better to refrain from doing those those things. But we have been in situations where we've had to advise, like your nine year old daughter is too young to get yeah. sugar. If you really do insist, then we'll we'll see how she is at the age of twelve. But we try not to promote hair removal too yeah. early, just so that you know they they get the time to decide how they feel about it like you said you'd realize it was sort of normal in your life and that you were okay with it that's when i did it when i was fully okay with it exactly when you when you decided to do it and not someone deciding for you and 
I think that's super important. It's not something that's very common in in Singapore yet. In the Asian mm-hmm. lifestyle, it's you know your parents decide for you. That's always been the case. Like first time I shaved without my mother's permission, I got hit over the head. Okay, that's not true. I got hit on the bum, but still, it was. It's someone else controlling what you do with your body. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, more situations like yours. Yeah. Um, become the norm 100% yeah. like I, I just hope that because I am all for hair removal um, like I, I enjoy it I feel clean I feel great whichever the method is I feel like you know it's the way to go but it doesn't mean that keeping your hair is bad also it's just do what you want to do and as long as you're comfortable in your own body no one's forcing you with anything like exactly what you said and it's as long as you're, you're not doing anything for society and you're doing it for yourself or any man is <laughs> making you do it and don't. <laughs> yeah, specifically, don't. So, Steph, like, please tell me about your new venture with Sugared, which is the V-Spot, uh, which is also another page on Instagram that you guys started under Sugared, which promotes a lot more sexual wellness and a lot more just female empowerment. So tell me about that, how that even started and why you decided to start a new page. Okay, so um, like I mentioned before, uh, we just encountered a lot of clients who just didn't seem entirely comfortable talking about their vaginas. And when I say our clients, because 95% of our clients are, um, are female, uh, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time interacting with them. In 2016 and 2017, I, I was the only front desker. Jasmine was our master sugarist and um, she was still sugaring. And in 20, like mid-2017, we started to pull back a little bit. And um, we started to grow our team so that we could take a step back and move into a more um, corporate side. But for you know a long time, we were just uh, spending a lot of time with our clients and trying to discuss their sexual wellness. And one thing that I discovered was the fact that everyone tended to shy away from things that I was saying. If I said, you know, labia, clitoris, vaginal discharge, they would shy away and say like, Shh, could you please keep your voice down? There are other people around. And I'd look around and say, well, everyone's a woman. Everyone has the same body parts that we're talking about. And, you know, it just became more and more um, recurrent. And also when it came to using, um, using you know, feminine care, like douches, um, feminine wash, tampons, and trying to explain that you should not be messing with your vaginal flora and saying like, stop using your douche, stop using your feminine wash. Again, keep your voice down, please. And of course, I understand that um, certain individuals might be a little bit more shy about discussing their feminine hygiene, but why? I mean, if we're going to talk about exfoliating our bodies, um, you know, and the latest chemical peel on your face, how to groom your eyebrows or mascara, why should you not be speaking about any other part of your body in the same manner? So uh, it really is something that struck a chord with me. And also since, you know, we all went to local school here. I was born in Singapore. Um, I was in local school, uh, primary school, secondary school, until I moved to Australia. Uh, When I got to boarding school, I had my first sex ed class. And all I could think was, holy mac, you guys are actually talking about the clitoris, (laughs) which is the one organ in the human body that is only meant for sexual pleasure yeah and all i could think was wait a second oh my gosh i mean i discovered mine when i was extremely young and i never felt comfortable talking about it i wasn't comfortable talking about masturbation i wasn't talking about you know pubic hair or just different parts of my own anatomy comfortably because it was seen as inappropriate or even vulgar 
So um, we realized bit by bit, look, if we're not sharing, if we're only sharing that information with ourselves, if I can talk to my girlfriends about this, and if Jasmine and I are in a place where we can share that with other women, why aren't we doing it? Mm -hmm. So we decided to, you know, take a bit of a, um, not so much a step back from Sugar, but we decided to create a bit of a, a side platform so that not only the women who, you know, practice hair removal get to benefit from that information. So it's trying to open it up not only to, you know, women who follow us, but also to, you know, young women, yeah. to men even, to, to families, those who aren't necessarily sure how they might be, how, how they might want to educate their children. Yeah. Uh, girls who you know might be going through their first sexual encounters and not know how to you know groom themselves prepare themselves prepare the man that they um, that they might be with the woman that they might be with um contraception mm -hmm. and just general hygiene that information costs absolutely nothing to put forward so why aren't we doing it more and in local yeah. school don't get me wrong the singaporean education system is absolutely amazing but when it comes to creativity and sexual wellness <laughs> But there's, I, I know. there's nothing there. I mean, things, things, things might have changed. Look, you're, you're uh, no, honestly, significantly younger than I am. But what <laughs> yeah. was, but what was it like, like in primary for school me, for you and secondary school? What was that? What was sex ed for I you? I don't even remember very honestly. Like that, that was it. Was that un, in, uh, not even significant that I don't remember anything? Like probably in primary school, it was probably just what a pad is. I remember Whisper came to our school. And like they separated the girls and the oh. boys. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, this is a pad. This is how you use it. I was like, oh my God, we're so oh. cool. <laughs> like, you got that? That's amazing. I didn't yeah. even get that. But I mean, really? I'm I also get a that. lot older than They were I'm, older. I'm also a lot older than you. But if, <laughs> right, right, if, right. you know, but I, I guess now if you didn't get much of a sex education, I wouldn't have got any sex education, you know, oh like, my God. like, like way back in my time but you know I think it's non-existent so actually yeah. I learned a lot of things from Steph so no, and I honestly. asked Steph a lot of questions so that's how I also <laughs> know a lot of things but but the V-spot was definitely something that you know I knew Steph would excel in and there's something that she was very open and she was very eager to educate you know people yeah. about you know, sex education about yeah sex about you know sex toys anything that is um, related to sex I but mean, Jasmine <laughs> never restricted me in any way like she never she never said like babe that's a little bit taboo maybe yeah. maybe you shouldn't be talking about that for her it was sort of like no holds barred yeah. and if I ever you know were to fringe the line mm. of the inappropriate I'm sure like she'd say like okay you've gone a little bit too far sure. but I mean again this is information that is all available on the internet yeah. but there's the, too the much information is, on the internet that's the problem too much that's the whole yeah. thing too much, that's but like what like where where do you go mm -hmm. so that's the whole the whole idea was okay when my girlfriends ask me these questions i'm gonna put them in the view spot yeah if, that's such a good if idea. i'm talking about i mean it's 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 if if i can't talk about it with my girlfriends who the hell am i going to talk mm -hmm. to about it and also that relationship that you have with your gynecologist is, is also different mm -hmm. i mean we want to tackle like hpv things as simple as trimming your fingernails and making sure that the person you're with washes their hands before they touch you yeah. if you're in a scenario where they don't what do you do you pee as, so as to avoid a, a uti and make sure that you wash your stuff out properly just tiny little basic things that have been a little more modernized so that they fit into the stage the sexual stage that we're at, at our, like in our lives if you've only been with a guy um, a couple of times you're still young you're only kissing 
why do you have vaginal secretions and explaining you know what your Bartolin's glands are why it is you know your thumb thumb downstairs like why like why are you wet on your like something like like you know why are my panties wet it's because but trying to explain things like that that's not anything I ever got any information Same. about when I was growing up. Yeah. So it was. I, I must always you know, say I'm always so glad I have a friend like Steph because I will call her and ask her like these questions. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great, and that's why like a lot of things I learned as well are just through my girlfriends or honestly through maybe like movies or YouTube and yeah, the people I, mean, I follow. You, you know, you, you also wouldn't really ask your parents such questions, or maybe sometimes you won't even ask your own sibling that question. No, but, you know, I God, rather no. ask my friend that question. So you know, like I said, I'm always yeah. so glad that I have her and I always call her and ask her <laughs> questions. But but of course, you know, with 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 um age comes you know experience. So yes. you know. I guess with experience, you know, it's good to ask someone that, you know, yeah. of course, someone in the 30s would know better than someone in their 20s, some, someone who's, you know, um, experienced a lot through life about, you know, having more boyfriends. And these things are something that, you know, not everybody will experience. But, you know, some people know more, some people experience more. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to share such information. If we can, you know, we should just share it. It is yeah, because it's honestly, nothing. first of all, so hard to access this information. And even if we do, there's just too much of it and then like even you know with sex ed we were talking about like i remember in secondary school all the sex ed was abstain <laughs> just abstain they would show us like horrible photos really? of all the, yeah they would show us horrible oh yes of all the stds yeah and i was like i'm never having sex that's it it's <laughs> <was> like nope, <laughs> not for me sis i'm out <laughs> and like it's just so scary but there was no teaching of like how do you take care of yourself mentally like how do you prepare yourself for something like that what if a guy wants to what if you wanted it you know all of these things or like condoms how do you put on a condom things like that none of it was taught so a lot of this mm. is like we have to like fend for ourselves and you know things like you were saying like peeing so you don't get a uti i didn't even know what a uti was like i had to find out from people <laughs> i didn't even know what an orgasm was like things like that i genuinely did not know i was so like what what is all these things and this is all like through experience through conversations but because it's so also hush hush unfortunately you know that we don't we're not taught about it so we have to like kind of fend for ourselves or find I mean, out for each I other i would say this is more taboo than than going for a booze right now yeah know? but it's 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 absolutely insane that it is i mean they'll tell you if there's a bout of gastroenteritis going around singapore they'll say make sure you wear a mask sterilize your hands all the time don't share the same food if you were to say the same thing about hpv who the hell who the hell could answer that question yeah. and hpv also i have to add like i have to say i thank the lord for women like ali wong who like really did to a certain extent help destigmatize hpv how common it is how many people have it whether or not you've had sexual intercourse mm -hmm. there's still there's still a possibility that you have it and and discussions like that that i definitely want to push forward because i've also realized it is such it is such a trending topic right now for women and it's next to inexistent for men. Yeah. So we, we like we, we talk about it very, very often um, in studio and how often it affects us, but how little it affects the men because you know, you know, the carriers of the syndrome, blah blah blah. I'm not gonna get into detail, but things like that that women like the, if the men aren't aware, that's one thing. But I I for one want to make sure that our fellow sisters are beyond aware, know how to be safe about it what you know what vaccines that are available steps to take to prevent it yeah. and that should be i mean that's 
in Singapore already, if you're under the age of 16, I believe if you're, I think it's 16, you know, your vaccination against HPV yes. is free. Yes. But why you would get it, we don't know. No one would know. No. That's the entire point and why parents are a little bit apprehensive about having their children engage um, in sexual activity. They're, they're, they're mixing two and two together. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, you know, you, you, you give them the BC, well, I don't know if the BCG is still part of, a, <laughs> still part of the, the vaccine book. You know, the Ministry of Health booklet that Jasmine and I definitely had when we were growing up. I'm not sure if that's still I don't okay. remember. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't pay attention to it. I don't know. Oh I remember getting the we vaccine. We definitely had it. It was a blue book with the Ministry of Health logo on the front. So you'd have like your MMR vaccine inside. You would have your BCG vaccine inside. No one knew what those things were. If you threw in an HPV vaccine, it wouldn't change anything. So the fear they have is that their daughters are going to engage in you know sexual activity before they're of age. Mm. But the, the, the whole difference now is an, like an access to information that they already have. So why not try to frame that information for them before they access it? So they don't think, okay, well, they're vaccinating me for HPV, which means I can, you know, engage freely in any sort of sexual activity. If that's the information that they could be getting from the internet, why would you not say, okay, you're, you're gonna get one of these vaccines, which could protect you from cervical cancer later on. That doesn't mean that you should be going out and engaging very freely in any activity that you see fit yeah it protects you against this but it might not protect you against blah 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 like you know hiv is still a factor chlamydia gonorrhea there's still a thousand other um stis and stds to be worried about so the importance is you know framing that information before the action is taken but i think in some way especially in singapore they're a little bit stringent about taking that precaution in the fear that it might ignite curiosity Mm. I think that's very, very true. The curiosity part, which is, I mean, one comes with the other. <laughs> you can't, we can't um, be, we can't take all these precautions without knowing what exactly we're taking the precautions for. So yeah, I mean, for sure, I think we still have a long way to go, but it's with like pages like the V-Spot and, you know, other things that have been coming up recently, especially during Circuit Breaker. I don't know, like, I guess a lot of people had more time to think and have conversations which is so great. And uh, to see more pages like this, it's so great because at least now we have also now verified sources of information that are a lot more concise because, you know, like people, when you, especially when you put in your bio, like, oh, we're from sugar, it adds that sort of like credibility. So it's not some like, we, we at least we know who's behind the page and stuff like that. And we get our answers, you know, we get concise answers and it's not like everything on the internet. It's not like you can just DM this person knowing that, you know, you can trust the people behind the page. So I think it's great that you started it. And how has the pe- feedback been when you started? Like Jasmine, did any of your clients come back and like, do they know about this page when they when you, they come for their services? I mean, not really. I mean, we this page is normally, you know, I, I guess when people are specifically looking for something and then they stumble upon this page. But, you know, the, the whole point of it was to, yeah, create the awareness. I mean, it's on our website. But, you know, you, you got to be searching for such stuff to actually, you know, um, dive more into such information like for myself if I was looking for information I could find it you know mm. like if I could find any kind of information that I was really looking for I mean the internet is the internet right you're gonna get a lot of um, different kind of um, information might not be true might be true but you know most of the time we're able to access all these kind of information readily on the internet so yeah I mean um, I, I don't think so but we, we, we are we are going to focus this focus on this you know trying to uh, like 
like put the education back into um you know that's that's the very fundamental of sugar um to put education you know into the client where it's not only about it's not only about skin it's not only about hair removal it's also about lifestyle um about uh feminine hygiene about your sexuality or you know like being comfortable in your own skin and all these topics you know are yeah. are things that you know um we could actually touch on where it's also you know the the whole point of you know having all these conversations and hopefully you know with last year covid we were supposed because of covid we were supposed to do you know a talk you know like have a panel of like um um you know including ourselves and hopefully getting a gynecologist to talk about you know hair removal whether it's safe or not for pregnant women or someone who can talk more about sex you know like we we were hoping to do that so hopefully this year we could later this year if they relax the um the safe distancing and the amount of people that we we, we can have then we can we can we can hopefully do something like that and educate the public about you know there's something called the v spot there's something called you know information that you can readily access to and you can be comfortable to ask questions um yeah i think that's that's something that we are looking forward to um are we we did have uh, a couple of instances, um, uh, Jasmine, that, um, that Kelly, our, our head of marketing, uh, told me about where we had one of our sugared clients that had basically had a, she had a one-on-one with her sugarist and basically said, and this was, I think, one of the fulfilling moments where we had it, like, we had tears in our eyes because we were just super thrilled to hear it. She said, um, like, I follow sugared and then I learned about the V-spot and I, you know, I did do some DMing and getting answers from a source of information that I value just made me feel better about myself and about my body parts and just made me feel more comfortable about voicing, you know, what I might be going through, you know, whether it's sexual health or, you know, sexual relationships and... I just felt very safe communicating and asking you guys questions and getting answers that I knew I could, you know, I could trust. And we're like, oh my God, that's really That must have been so nice to hear. Nice to hear. And, and it's, it's super fulfilling. But, you know, as Jasmine said, we have kept them pretty separate entities for the most part. And, you know, we launched at the end of 2019. And in May 2020, we were looking to do a panel event where we were going to have, like Jasmine said, we're going to have um, a gynecologist. Yeah. We might have had um, a, a sex expert or a sexologist. We were going to have, you know, um, uh, you, uh, like a company like Smile Makers uh, uh, join us. Like those looking in um, specializing in feminine pleasure, and also there's this new there's this new company called Moom that does specifically female driven um, supplements that are customized to you know your activity, your sexual health, your digestive health. Just uh, t- like for the most part, they would have been you know, female empowered businesses that we wanted to move forward. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. We're still hoping it's going to happen this year. We were looking at May. We're going to have to, like Jasmine said, we're going to wait until the government says we have a little bit more flexibility. But like now is a wonderful time for all of us to be women and to be comfortable about voicing things that cross our minds and not feeling you know, threat for, for, for putting them forward. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's a pretty sweet time. Uh, it's a pretty sweet time. They are still separate entities, but we are going to, we're, we're going to formally introduce them to each other and to the public once we get the occasion to. Well, I hope um, that event is soon. <laughs> I think it sounds like yeah, a lot of fun. You're like, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to be part of it as well. Oh, have we, I'll be honored. It would be so much fun. I mean, I'm like hearing all these like different guests. I think it's so cool to have such good like, 
professional advice all in one place, you know, and again in a safe space with people that all are curious at the same time. So I I think it'll be a really great event, definitely. Yeah, and the most important thing is is when you hear someone speak and you happen to share that opinion. It just it generates a sense of solidarity amongst yes. women, and nothing bad can ever come of that. Yeah. And I think, especially in a country like Singapore, that never really had that kind of liberty, where now that space has been created and the desire to create that space. Which again, I have to attribute to COVID and the fact that we got to be more introspective during that time and decide, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to share, and this is the kind of space I want to create. All of these factors mean that we're going to get to do that. Yeah. So it's I don't know it's 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 it was a really it's hor like don't get me wrong it, it's been horrible but it was in some ways a blessing in disguise for for certain segments of um of for the so many of us yeah it definitely brought us closer to our families and I mean it definitely had its ups and downs but I'm glad something good came out of it. Well, I also to before I wrap up the episode I want to have these. Myths debunked by our sugaring experts, both of you. So, I went online and I did a quick search. Like, what are like some of the things that like people are most kind of worried about sugaring? And I found these five. So I thought like it'll be a little bit fun to do kind of like a rapid fire round where I kind of just shoot out the myth and you guys can debunk it if it's not true. Yes, <laughs> let's right, do cool. it. <laughs> so the first one is my skin will be sticky after the service. I knew that question was going to come up. <laughs> I think it, we must have seen from the same website because they were like all compiled. <laughs> I would say sugaring, although as as you know, as sweet and sticky sugar is, it it will not leave you in a sticky situation. Actually, I would say wax leaves you in a sticky situation. Mm. Yeah, because we can yeah. wipe down with water. Yeah, we wipe down with water, like a, just a a damp, warm cloth. And it removes all of the the sugar residue. And me as a waxer, I had to use oil, mm. um, and you have to yeah, consistently yeah. like scrub. Yeah. But with um with sugar paste, like with a damp warm cloth, water soluble, water, water soluble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's completely water soluble. Like we can wash it down the sink. So definitely does not leave you in a sticky situation. Nice. The second one is it is not sanitary, maybe because of the hands. Not sure. <laughs> Okay. Um. First and foremost, we never use our bare hands to sugar. We always have gloved hands, and we never double dip. So that's something that, of being sanitary, I think sugaring is one of the most sanitary methods ever. Always a new glove, even if we take more sugar or clean spatula. Um. And of course, we dispose spatula. We never double dip. Neither do we double dip with gloves. So, and. Because sugar is also um made of a uh, high concentrate of you know sugar is made of sugar water lemon but because the sugar paste has high concentrate of sugar bacteria doesn't breed in it so right. to to okay. say how sanitary it is I think sugaring it's on top of the list yeah it's so cool I mean it's great that you uh when you said you don't double dip I didn't even like it's great that you've mm. taken all these precautions to really like especially now in this covid world. <laughs> yes. Always good to hear that. <laughs> the third one is I can't do it because I have diabetes. Absolute absolute um myth. I mean you I okay, so the the absorption rate of the sugar paste into your skin is not a factor. We have had that question um uh, posed to us a couple of times and to just because we prefer to err on the side of caution. We have spoken uh, to doctors about it, and they said it's perfectly fine. I mean, it's not an extended period of time, and it's also specifically superficial that there's absolutely nothing to worry about. And of course, to add on, um, you know, when you're diabetic, your skin is usually more sensitive, and because sugaring is um, better for sensitive skin, it's more gentle, so it's actually better for your skin. 
Oh, nice. Okay, the fourth one is it is just a fad or like a trend. Let's help Cleopatra that. <laughs> I mean, it's been around for a long time, but like you, you did bring up, Sage, that, um, you know, obviously there are different methods of, uh, of hair removal and there are those who are more of the leave your hair as it is movement and that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, like, it's a it's a fad, I do think sugaring is definitely here to stay. I do think waxing is also here to stay. I... Again, I think it boils down to what each individual prefers. And, you know, um, when the razor blade goes out the window, then maybe we'll have to consider that sugaring might. But until that happens, I, until everyone embraces body hair as, mm-hmm. you know, perfection, I don't think we, I don't think it could ever be considered a fad. Yeah. And the last myth is hair grows back thicker and faster. Super okay. I'll let Steph answer this. <laughs> this is this is one of this is one of those things. Okay, all right. There is a certain level of truth to that, dependent on the area from which you're removing the hair. Okay. So, for example, if you have vellus hairs, which is what we call the peach fuzz hair, so you know the very microfine hairs that you that like they're often blonde or very very pale brown yeah. that you have on your face that are next to invisible, um, even on the backs of your hands. When you remove those hairs, that can trigger unnecessary and new growth because it's your body's reaction um, to having that hair removed. That means, oh God, I've got to grow it back already mm. because it's a hair that's generally there out of necessity. Not like, not necessarily like lanugo hair, but it can be, you know, it can be a protective barrier or defense mechanism, just, just natural yeah. defense. Yeah. So um, that can happen, but for the most part. It is a myth, even when it comes to shaving, for the most part, it's also a myth. So trying to explain, okay. So when you remove, when you remove hair from shaving, you're just removing what you can, what's visible to the eye. Yeah. And you, you do notice that when you cut your hair, you can tell that your hair has recently been cut because the ends are sharp. So they're definitely more apparent. You're cutting the hairs at the part that they're the most visible. So at the widest part. So that's why you can feel them more that's why they seem more visible but for the most part it really really is a myth you're cutting but you're cutting hairs off at their finest point so if you have like a a very very fine needle tip and you cut it off the part that you're going to see grow out is going to be broader and that's why it becomes more visible so remembering that the surface of your skin is not where your roots are is the key part to remember and if it grows back faster, it's your body saying, okay, well, there's no hair left anymore. I'm going to grow back there because that's going to be my temperature regulating mechanism. Mm-hmm. We have hair there for a reason, to keep us warm, to keep us cool. And that's one of the reasons why it keeps on going back. But if you keep on removing the hair from the root, it gets quite complex, but there are different stages of growth. But if you keep on removing hair, like Jasmine said, like remove the big tree and every time a, a plant starts growing back, you remove it, eventually it gets weaker and weaker and then it gets finer. That's how sugaring can lead you to problems. Con- consistency is key. Yeah. yeah. Being consistent and like like every kind of hair removal you need to be consistent. Mm. But aside from that, no, it doesn't it doesn't grow back bigger. Mm. Unless it's, you know, the Velos hairs that I mentioned before. Right. Good question though. Very good question. Yeah, um that's what I saw online, but I think both of you are so knowledgeable in what you do, which is so amazing, and debunked it 
so fast without even like any hesitation. So I think we I knew what that. the questions were, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. We get those a lot. We get those a lot. I'm sure. Well, thank you so much to both of you for taking out your time to come onto this podcast and have such an amazing conversation with Thanks me. Thanks for having us, Sage. Thank you thank for you. taking the time. This was so much fun for us. I'm yes. so glad. And it's really, I mean, and book in, and book in your sugaring session it. soon. Yeah, no, so I'm going to, Sage, I'm definitely going to text you to book you in for a sugaring session. You get to choose what it is, even though I am going to say, you know what? We'll have a chat about it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm coming in. Ready. I just got waxed. So like when my hair grows back, I'm coming to you. When, whenever, yes, you're whenever, ready, you're ready. whenever you're ready, come back. Um, um, whenever you come back. But for Sugared, you can follow us um, at SugaredSG on Instagram. Or for the V-Spot, you can follow us at the V-SpotSG. Correction. It might be the V-Spot.SG. Jasmine. can do a quick check oh my god I'm so sure I don't think it's dog <laughs> I think it, I no it might be the v-spot the v-spot SG. SG oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry the v-spot um, the v-spot SG um, no thank you so much for taking the time stage it's I, I have to admit it's it really is very refreshing to be able to speak with someone who is younger but is so open to, to you know to different sources of information and the fact that you're taking the time to also share information that we are is is really really special and oh no i absolutely love today's session i'm so glad super chill about it like no no qualms about anything so we really appreciate it thank you i'm so glad i really had an amazing conversation with both of you and i'm going to recommend i haven't even gone but i'm going to go recommend everyone to come with me (laughs) you come first i'll drop you a text you come first well thank you come 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 and get sweet come and get sugar okay I love that. <laughs> Definitely. You'll see me in a month. <laughs> Bye. Awesome. Okay. You take care. Okay. Bye. Stay sweet. Bye-bye.